You're listening to the Life Reborn Podcast with your host, Jacqueline Page. Join me as I share my journey of returning to my authentic self by shedding labels and stigmas that are prominent in today's society. It is my hope that through sharing my story, you find guidance and wisdom to live a more empowered and meaningful life. Thank you for tuning in today. It is such an honor to share this space with you. Hello, radiant beings. Welcome back to the Life Reborn podcast with your host, Jacqueline Page. I am feeling so on fire to record this podcast episode. I know at the end of last episode, I said I was going to dive into healing my relationship with food, but a completely new transmission just really flowed through me and I have to allow that energy to continue and propel it forward. And so I'm going to be recording a podcast today about really embracing the polarity of motherhood and being a woman. And this is the aspect that I identify with. Even if you're not a mother, I feel like you will really resonate with this podcast if you identify as a female with female anatomy. And this is the life that I live. This is through the lens of being a mother, of being a female that I identify with. And so this is the vernacular that I will be using because it, it's, it's my truth and my life. And this is how I live. And so I ask that you just receive this wherever you're at, even if you are not a mother, or even if you're not a female and you're just curious about what is going to bring forth in this podcast episode, I ask that you just receive it with an open heart, a lens of an open mind to just to just sink in and maybe even see a perspective different than your own and how to receive that. And I'm going to be sharing some hard truths in here. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be letting it out. And so sometimes when you're hearing a message and you feel something within you, you feel like a little activated. I'm not, I don't like to use the word triggered every single time because triggered is, it's a little different, but sometimes we can feel activated. Mm, What you're saying is it's really stirring something up within me. And as that happens, instead of allowing yourself to get in the defense mode in the reactive mode, how can you soften? Ooh, okay. I'm being a little activated here. I'm curious, why am I being activated? Because anytime we are activated or triggered, it's really something within us that is unhealed. I know that anytime, just for instance, like someone, I don't know, like bring something to my attention and even if they're doing it in such a loving way or even not necessarily towards me, but a topic topic of conversation gets brought up and I notice that I'm getting defensive or I'm getting a little like reactive and my tone of voice of how I'm responding is not from a place of open-heartedness it's from a place of closed offness it's because I'm not allowing that to be curious I'm allowing my myself to react through a lens of my wounded self and not my open self And so I just allow you to flow with that through this podcast because there will be different aspects throughout here that might feel a little activating. Um, 
yeah, and just just see how that sits with you. See how that lands within you, within your heart, within your body, within your soul. So let's dive in. I allowed myself to just quickly take some notes because so many ideas and messages were flooding forward and I don't want to forget something just that's so important for me to be able to share with you. And this podcast episode isn't necessarily going to touch on the aspect of parenting. It's really going to touch on the aspect of allowing yourself to be whoever you are in your life, whether you are a woman or you identify with something different, or if you're a male listening to this, or if you're a father or a mother, allowing yourself to, yes, have that title, but learning how that title doesn't have to dictate our actions, our choices, our feelings, our, our being. Because I feel like when I first became a mother, it was really, one, it was really hard for me to sink in and transition from maiden to mother. And um, I'm going to be quite honest. I really believe that I chose to be a mother in a very unconscious way. And for me, what that means is it was like I was, we were choosing to have a child because it was the next thing to do, right? You graduate, you find your partner, you get married, you buy a house, you have a baby. It was like just the next thing to do. And as I reflect back, I realized that my soul was longing for something. I finished, I was an educator. I finished school. I'm like, okay, what's next? It just felt like this void was not being filled. And I'm like, I didn't like to just sit and just watching TV and doing these things didn't feel good for me and my body. I'm like, there, there needs to be more. And so then I went to grad school. I became a counselor and I'm like, okay, this feels good, but I'm not done yet. And so for me, I was like, okay, it makes sense for me to open my space and myself to have this child. And really, it was divinely timed. I mean, it is an all in perfect timing, you know, as I look back, because having, having my first child was the opening to the portal of who I am today. And I don't think that I would have been kickstarted in the way that I was if I if I hadn't chosen down that path of becoming a mother. Having children has been hands down the biggest teacher in my life, the biggest propeller of growth, the the biggest healer to my inner child, allowing myself to parent in a way that I want to parent my inner child to to really just show up as a better version of myself, to choose healing, the path of healing so that I'm not projecting and carrying on my traumas and triggers to my children. And how can I be sovereign in myself so that they can in turn be sovereign within themselves and show up and be accepted as their full authentic selves. And I never would have being able to embrace and sink into all of that, I think if I if I hadn't chosen down the path of becoming a mother. And um, I'm also going to talk about a little bit of my darkness that came with becoming a mother. 
And because I feel like I wasn't in a, in a mindset, in a soul state of fully being ready, that it was really hard for me to transition into that space. And so if you haven't listened to last week's episode about facing your fear, I highly encourage you to listen to that in conjunction with this one, because so much of motherhood is, is facing your fears and getting curious about your emotions and getting curious about what is activating within you. And in the last episode, I really broke down tips and tricks to be able to open your awareness to the wisdom, the messages that they have for you. And what I'm about to share, honestly, is probably the most vulnerable thing that I have shared on this podcast to date. I'm not sure if it'll be the most vulnerable because who knows where I will end up sharing in future episodes, but I feel like I had shame around what I was, what I'm about to share and like the thoughts that I had as a mother, like you're not quote unquote supposed to have these thoughts as a mother. And it wasn't really until I read the book, motherhood facing and finding yourself by Lisa Maricano. I'll say that again. Cause every time I hear a book on a podcast, I try to rewind it to get the title, but it's called motherhood facing and finding yourself by Lisa Maricano. And it's, it's by, a um, who is it by? Oh, by, oh, I just said by Lisa Maricano, but she's definitely a young therapist and brings in that lens of, of really breaking down motherhood. And how do I describe it? The things that she wrote in there really validated, wow, these dark thoughts that I have are... I'm not alone in this and, and kind of just tying back to what I was sharing about how honestly, I feel like I was living my entire life in an unconscious way, not even just choosing to be, become a mother in an unconscious way, but choosing marriage in an unconscious way, choosing my entire life in a space of disassociation to myself, to my body, to my soul, to my womb, to my yoni, to my cervix, to the wisdom, to the divine feminine within me. And when I finally started to wake up to all of this soul alignment of like, oh shit, this is what it feels like to tap in. This is what it feels like to connect with myself. This is how I'm supposed to be living my life in pleasure and in love and in sensuality and embracing all there is to life, the light and the dark and allowing both of those to be wisdom and alchemize within myself. That when I started down my spirituality journey, I felt very trapped. And honestly, I can't even remember back to season one, what I've shared. So if you're like, listening to these back to back, you're, you might say like, you already shared this, but honestly, I, I can't recall everything I shared this. I recorded that podcast years ago. And so we're going to sink into this present moment. But when I started to wake up to my soul and wake up to my true desires, it's, it, I desired freedom 
And being a mother and being a wife and having a family and having home and having these responsibilities felt very um, confined, felt very like the walls were closing in on me. And as I was awakening to my soul and I'm like, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose this life. Like I didn't consciously choose this life. I didn't consciously choose this marriage, this family. And I felt so trapped and there was many parameters that I feel like maybe laid into this one. I kind of shared that I was not prepared fully for motherhood. And I, and I think that there is this big disconnection in our culture of the, the rite of passage, the ritualization of birth of motherhood and really connecting to our elders and connecting to women who have stepped into this path before us and, and, and allowing their wisdom to fuel us to prepare for, for this rite of passage because nobody talks about, and I, okay, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's not talked about the hardships. It's not talked about how to find your rhythm, find your flow as an individual, as a mother, as a wife. Like how, how do you navigate all of these huge components of your life without losing yourself? And that's exactly what happened. I feel like I had lost myself. And as I was coming home to myself, I felt so trapped and I was yearning this sense of freedom that I felt like I was never going to be able to have because I had all of these things tying me down. I felt very tied down and it was like, I just want to like leave and move to Costa Rica. And honestly, in these moments, I had so much compassion for mothers who, who've actually done this, who've actually just fled because there, I, I could totally see that and sense that. And I felt that I felt the sense of wanting to just flee and leave everything behind and start over. And I feel like society and culture, like shames us for having these thoughts and but not even shames us it's like taboo to even talk about so then I internalized it as shame and it it got so like deep and dark for myself that I I honestly would have like daydreams of my husband and my son dying so that I could be free like that almost felt easier for me than what I was living and it was really confusing. It was really confusing and isolating to have these thoughts and almost these like desires. Like, how could I, how could I be desiring this? How could I be so in the depths of this? How could I desire this? And I felt shame. And so then I didn't talk about it. So then I didn't really express this to other people. I remember I shared it with one person and it felt so vulnerable to share that and, and to admit that out loud, like, but it also felt freeing to admit that out loud, to like speak these words out loud and almost like just releasing this energy out. It kind of released some of that stored energy from within me. And these are the kinds of conversations and topics that I feel like are not shared and discussed. And some of you might be like, wow, that's really fucked up that you wished that. And it's not that I was wishing that. It was almost like, that reality felt easier to me. And then some of you are going to, 
are probably hearing that story and just being like, wow, she gets me. Like I've been there. And it was this book that really shared these kinds of stories of the depths of motherhood. And it was, it was a choice that I had. Yeah, I could have chosen to flee. I mean, that, that is a reality and that's a choice. I could have chosen to just leave my marriage and share custody of our child. And I could have chosen to face this shit, to acknowledge it, to get curious about why I'm feeling this way and to change my mindset around it. And that's the path that I chose. I chose the conscious path of healing and allowing my mind not to trap me because it was a sense of my mind. It wasn't, I wasn't allowing myself to embrace what I had because I felt like a different me chose that and I'm a different person now. And so how can I accept something that I, in this moment, in this body, in this life, in this soul, in this mindset, did not choose. So how can I embrace this life that feels foreign to me? That's how it felt. It felt foreign. And it wasn't that I didn't love my husband. It wasn't that I didn't love my son. It wasn't that I didn't love our home. It was that it felt foreign to me and I didn't know how to embrace it. And it was... It was a lot. I'm not going to lie. It was, it felt a lot. It felt overwhelming. It felt burdening. It felt isolating. And I, I did get help in that space. I started to see a counselor. I started to, um, and like talk therapy is great. I'm not going to discount talk therapy because I'm still in talk therapy. Um, to kind of just get like tune ups and it's nice to like bounce these, these energies off with someone else. And, um, I decided to start prioritizing myself because if I didn't begin to prioritize myself, my healing journey, my meditation practice, my embodiment practice, I never would have been able to have the skills and the strength and the courage to change my mindset, to fully embrace what I had and what I have now. And this is something I'm going to share. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And that's not my quote. I saw this on Instagram, so I can't coin that as mine. But nothing changes if nothing changes. If you're feeling like you're in the depths of what I was just sharing, and you don't make the active steps to somehow change, whether whatever that choice is, whether it is separating, whether it is staying, whether it's fleeing, until you make the conscious choice to, to face and to heal, you're just going to continue the cycle of darkness and being in those depths. And I think this is where we really have to allow our divine masculine to hold us. Because I feel like many women are imbalanced in their divine masculine. We have harnessed unhealthy codependent masculinity. I feel like we've been driven to fit in a a very masculine driven world. And in turn, we've, we've tapped into a very imbalanced masculine energy where we disassociate where we push through the hard shit where we um uh 
buried down the wisdom of our bodies, of our voice, of our intuition. And so that is not healthy masculinity. Healthy masculinity allows you to feel safe, to feel comforted and held, to give you the healthy structure, the healthy discipline, to be able to get out of bed before your kids wake up or to have 20 minutes of wind down time after you put your kids down or of choosing yourself over TV or choosing yourself over scrolling or choosing yourself over engaging in this unhealthy conversation that's gossiping about others. That is the divine masculine. The divine masculine helps you channel your energy to that's going to best benefit you. And I get it. It is hard. It can be hard when you have not connected to this kind of safety, to this kind of structure, to this kind of discipline. And where if you are in a, in a life where your habits aren't serving you, it's really hard to break those habits. It takes 21 days to break a habit. And in those 21 days, especially the starting point feels the hardest. Once you start and you get in a rhythm and you see the benefits of, of this practice of, of healing, then it becomes more of a flow state. And then you can allow your divine feminine to truly connect with yourself and flow and allow that to lead your life. Honestly, <laughs> Even years ago, I felt like I was in my divine feminine and every, gosh, it feels day. Every day it feels like I'm learning new things about myself. I'm learning how to connect myself on an even deeper, more meaningful way. I'm learning how to truly like balance the pleasures of life, like how to be the sensual connective, divine, fierce, courageous, warrioress, priestess, while also connecting to being this wife, this mother, this um, homemaker. Like, how can I intertwine these, these energies, the divine, the feminine, the masculine, and embrace both of them? Because when I recorded season one, man, I really felt like I was embodying all of that. And now that I'm here in this current time, I'm like, wow, I'm embodying this in a totally new way. Like I was so naive back then (laughs) to think that that was like, I was, I was like showing up and, and I have grace and compassion because I was showing up for myself. I was continuing to choose me and, and now I just being on that path, I'm choosing me even more. And it's helped me create more structure in my life and allowing allowed me to, to be able to set boundaries to have this kind of structure. Because boundary setting is sometimes saying no to things that aren't going to fully serve you. And that can be hard, especially if it's maybe like, family events or hanging out with someone or you know maybe it is things that fill you up but you just feel so depleted that if like you go and engage that it's just it might deplete you more than rather than fill you up 
And so how to sink into all this, right? Like, what do I do from where I'm at? Okay, I'm in the depths of darkness. How do I climb my way out? I think the first step is choosing yourself. And that can feel selfish. But honestly, acts of selfishness are sometimes acts of self-love. Because we have not been taught how to choose ourselves, how to prioritize our basic needs and basic needs of, I mean, getting up early enough to cook yourself a real breakfast. And I don't mean wake up and have coffee because that is just continuously feeding a, a stress state in your body. And that's another thing. It can feel uncomfortable to step out of the stress state. Um, We live, our society and our culture normalizes living in a hyper-stressed state where we are literally fatiguing our adrenals, surviving on caffeine, normalizing surviving on caffeine because how many memes and Instagram reels and TikToks do we see about, oh, coffee first, gotta have my coffee because that is normalizing that state, that state of stress. And... It starts with choosing yourself. Is that coffee going to serve you? Or is a warm, healing, nourishing breakfast going to serve you? And I get it. I hear so many mothers being like, I I don't, I can barely survive. Like I'm like having the cereals or, and I'm, I'm telling you, you, you might feel activated with me saying this, but get curious about that activation. Are you feeling activated because really that resorting to that bowl of cereal is a lack of self-love and it's like, wow, damn, I feel called out. Okay. And I'm not going to lie. Like, okay, a bowl of cereal every now and then could be like helpful if you have an early morning and you're trying to get things going, but that is not sustainable on an everyday basis. It is not serving you. And one, I'm a Taurus, I'm a foodie, so I've always kind of prioritized food, but it's, it's, um, and I really want to like record an entire podcast on food because there's just so much tied into, into that, but I will wake up every day and I wake up anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half earlier than, um, my children wake up. And one of our family rhythms as a home, like us being home together is I like for all of us to have breakfast together. Now, waking up an hour and a half before my children and sometimes my morning practice includes movement, me waiting until they wake up to eat is not sustainable. I feel shaky. I feel, and sometimes I do eat something and I have a very intense practice. I've been doing this womb sadness and, um, They have very intense kundalini movements where I've had to like stop and go eat more because I'm in such a state of stress. Like I'm, I'm expelling more than I've received in. And I think that's one thing to, to take note of. Are you expelling more energy than you are receiving within you? And so for me, choosing myself was choosing to nourish myself. I have to intake enough calories to sustain the daily life of being a mother and that isn't like being just a human in this in this life. If you are not getting adequate sleep, 
If you are constantly on the go, if you are pregnant, if you are breastfeeding, if you're a mother, if you are waking up at night, you need to be eating an adequate amount of nourishing food. I don't mean fast foods. Like this is not your permission slip to go and like just eat more junk food. This is your permission slip to slow down and take an act of self-care and self-love and make that nourishing breakfast. And maybe you just wake up 20 minutes early just to make the breakfast. And that's okay if that's your start. You have to start somewhere about choosing yourself. So the first thing about choosing yourself is please nourish yourself properly. Because honestly, I was vegan when I was my first stage of postpartum. And I felt I was probably looking back, probably malnourished. And I think that also contributed to the state of my mindset. Fast forward, I am still postpartum, breastfeeding, co-sleeping, waking up at night. I have a pre-breakfast snack before my breakfast. And then I have breakfast and many nourishing meals in between that to really make sure that I'm nourishing my body. And no, I'm not focused on losing weight. I'm focusing on nourishing my body to have enough energy for what I'm expelling. So that was a really big priority for me in my mindset because honestly, nourishing myself enough properly immensely helps my mindset and helps me have the energy to do these other things. I know on days when I don't nourish myself enough, I feel tired. I feel fatigued. I feel irritable. I feel stressed. And then in turn, that is going to relay and have a ripple effect of how I'm showing up as a mother, as a wife, as a homemaker, as a friend, as a daughter, you know, it, so choosing yourself. And for me, that means that I need to have time by myself. And I think this is another thing that people I've even listened to like unschooling podcasts where they're like, I would never tell my children that I want alone time away from them. I'm like, I'm sorry, but why? I think it's important. Like, even though W does not sleep and have a nap every day, we all have quiet time. We all need to decompress from the day. We all need to have a quiet reset for our nervous systems. That's healthy modeling to your children that I'm taking time for myself, whether it be I wake up every day and meditate, whether it be um, once a month I go and do this with my friends, that is healthy. That is a healthy modeling for your children that they see that you are an individual person aside from being a mother. Like, yes, their world is you being a mother, but that's not your entire world. And if it is, Maybe like reevaluate that. You can't get your fulfillment from your children. Your fulfillment has to come within you. You can't look to your children to fill your buckets. And I'm not saying that they don't. Yes, when I have these moments where I'm watching like my two children play as I, the sun is like shining through the, the sunrise and I'm cooking breakfast and I'm making this nurture, like my heart and soul, like I have goosebumps right now sharing that because it fills me up entirely but I'm not depending on those moments to fill myself up it is because I can fill my bucket up that I can sink in and appreciate those moments so once I had L in December 
I really did kind of slip off my, my practice of being with myself. I was finding my rhythm, finding my groove of, you know, uh, managing two children, staying home. Like what is our rhythm here? And it, it takes a few months to find your rhythm and, and honoring that and acknowledging that and embracing that. I never once like, Oh, Elle is this many months old that she should be taking this many naps a day. I allowed her body to lead the way to show me. And now we are on a solid three naps a day, but it unraveled on its own. And it took a little bit of unsettledness to find that rhythm and that's okay and then we're gonna have to like renegotiate what that looks like in our family and in our daily rhythm when she goes down to two naps to one nap and it's it's about being in this state of flow but not just so flowy loosey-goosey that there's no structure do you see how it's a balance of divine feminine and divine masculine you have to be able to sink into your yourself and and hear your intuition, connect to your womb wisdom. If you are a female and have female anatomy, you literally have a powerhouse within you. you let me say that again. You have a powerhouse of infinite wisdom and knowledge within you that not only connects to your divine femininity of your innate wisdom, but the ancestral wisdom of the women before us. And if you're not connecting to that, I really encourage you to do that. If you are on any kind of contraceptive methods that alter your monthly cycle, I really encourage you to get curious about about that because when you are on those, you are not ovulating. An entire part of your cycle is taken out. And ovulation is a time of rebirth. It's a time of creativity, a fire of, of it's the, the season of summer. And so you're literally taking out that entire season from like your monthly cycle and, and connecting to that wisdom and, and what wants to be birthed through you. Not like maybe it's not a physical child, but what is what are things that do want to be birthed through you? Because our entire cycle is important to connect to. The luteal, the our bleeds, our follicular, our ovulation, all of these cycles are important. And man, okay, this is the time that I'm hearing the message to share because I have had an entire course in the background that I felt so passionate about, like getting out into the world, this wisdom. And a whole component of that is connecting to your cycle, to the wisdom, to the rituals of your bleed cycle, not just your bleed, but the entire monthly cycle and, um, like lifestyle tips to, to really flow with that cycle. And so here I am putting it out into the universe that I'm going to reconnect to that project. <laughs> so you can look forward to that sometime soon. That is me giving myself some accountability. My divine masculine is like, here you are, put it out there because once you put it out there, then you have to hold yourself accountable. Okay. So where was I going with this? I don't know. I lost my train of thought, but choosing yourself, whatever that looks like for you. So for me, that means I wake up anywhere from 5.30 to 6 o'clock in the mornings and like some some days and weeks, it's like, oh man, I'm waking up at 6.30 and de- really depending on Jeremy to 
be with the kiddo so that I can get at least 20, 30 minutes. But I do know on those days, I'm not as, I'm not entering my day as filled up in my bucket than when I wake up at 5.30. And sometimes I'm like, oh, sleep is just feels so good. And I just want to sink into this cozy bed next to my cozy children and, and husband and just stay soaking into these moments. But really, is 30 more minutes of sleep really going to fill my sleep bank more than 30 minutes of choosing myself? It really doesn't. Because when I wake up and don't have any kind of quote, water, quote any kind of quote unquote warm up before my kids wake up, it really just, I feel like I step out of bed on the wrong side of the foot. I mean, I step out of the bed on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> and I don't have time to like move my body, decompress, make myself a warm, yummy tea or like hot lemon, honey water and sink into myself and massage my womb and move my body and meditate and journal my gratitudes. When I don't prioritize that, it's like I can't give myself fully to the day and what the day is demanding of me. So if you have had a hard time prioritizing yourself, whether that be you wake up earlier or you stay up a little bit later to prioritize yourself, I'm not going to lie, I probably do both of those. And sometimes even during the day, during quiet time, I prioritize myself. It, here's your little nudge, maybe the, the stern talk that you're needing to give yourself that discipline to do it. Because if you're not doing it, it's really just a lack of discipline. And yes, it's hard. Yes, it took me a lot of discipline to roll out of bed in the mornings when all I wanted to do is stay in bed. And I'm on day like, I don't know what, 106 days of choosing myself. And it feels amazing. And um. I, I joined this womb sadhana that's 11 days long and it was like 11 women with 11 days and it just felt so sacred and it took place on like European time. And so I would have to wake up and just like watch the replay, but the last session was, so it's like 1am our time. The last session was a pleasure ritual and I really fully wanted to like show up for myself for my womb, for my cervix, for uh, essentially like my children, because when I can like tap into this, like I can heal parts of myself that I'm not like projecting onto them. And so it was like, I was choosing to wake up at 1am for two hours. And I told myself, and I don't set alarms to wake up. I tell myself to wake myself up. I'm like, okay, highest self. And I call in any like guardian angels or like divine path, like God, I am calling upon you that I want to want to wake up at this time. So I set my alarm at 1240 in the morning and I said, please wake me up so that I'm not waking up to my alarm. So this time I did set an alarm. I set a vibrating alarm because I did not want to miss this. And I was startled, like woken up at 1239 p.m. a.m. And every morning I tell myself, wake me up by XYZ time. Wake me up by 6 a.m. I want to get up at 5.30. And it, it like 
a lot of times perfectly aligns that was also waking up at that time. And so I get to feed her and so she can stay asleep hopefully so that I can sneak out of bed and have my time and be filled up. And so when I do that, I'm in a state of flow and the flow is necessary for life when you have children. And it's, it's almost like, how can you sink into the pleasures of life? And I'm not saying like sexual pleasure, but you know, I'm not discounting that either. Like that's really important as well. But I've noticed that when I eat food, I'm like, mmm, <laughs> and I noticed I was doing it because William was copying me. And I was like, I do that. I, mm, when I eat my food, because it just feels so good. Like we've been sinking into fall. And so I've been, you know, like slicing apples with butter and cinnamon and maple syrup. And I eat that with our breakfast or our meals. And it just feels divinely pleasurable to eat that. And I allow myself to sink into that. Or that moment I described of like seeing my kids as I'm cooking with the sunlight coming like that feels so pleasurable to me like that feels so lovely and yummy and I don't know how to describe it into like earthly words of how it shows up in my body but when I connect to my body in these ways it's like I can allow that pleasure of life to lead the way <sighs> hmm. That feels good. And okay, so where to go from here? There's a few more things that I want to share. There's so many things running through through my mind. And so, okay, let me take a deep breath. Connect with myself and allow my body to transmute, not my mind. When I get stuck in my mind, it feels a little bit like clutter. And when I sink into my body, it feels more like flow. So this hasn't always been my story of allowing myself to be in this state of flow. And it feels easier when I'm here at this state. But I, I have so much compassion and grace if you're at the other end, feeling like you're barely surviving and feel like it's so unattainable to be at the state that I am in. And I'm going to say from child one to child two, it's been very different. Uh, w did not take passies. He only wanted me to put him down. He only would sleep if he was nursing. He basically used me like a human passy. And it made things so much harder for for Jeremy to be able to support me with him. Whereas now, Elle, she does take a passy. We only use a passy to help her sleep. But if I nurse her to sleep at night and she wakes up 30 minutes later and I'm in the middle of a meditation, prior to that, I would have I would most likely have to be the one to go in to be able to get the baby down. Whereas now, like Jeremy can support that so that I'm not just having a 30 minute time block. I can have like a 45 minute hour time to myself if I really want to sink into a practice. Um, or, 
even some nights when it was really hard with that four month sleep change was really tough on me. And so we would take time blocks and the night I would pump and then he would take a, a chunk of time so that I could get an, a block of sleep so that I had the energy to like <laughs> live life. Um, I, I've, I've gone through like the dark parts with baby number two, but it hasn't felt as overwhelming because of the foundation that I had set for myself, but also because I allowed myself these things to, um, be okay and not like judge myself for allowing my baby to be bottle fed or allowing my baby to use a pacifier. Whereas before I would, I would judge myself like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to use a passy or, oh my gosh, I don't want to bottle feed. And, and honestly, I don't really know why I feel like I was absorbing a lot of messaging from social media that wasn't my own. And it got really intertwined in my own beliefs. And then I wasn't able to separate what was my belief and what I was absorbing as my belief, but wasn't mine, if that makes sense. And so now I'm able to have grace and compassion and like do what I need to do to survive and thrive in this life of having two littles and having sleepless nights. And, and that really, that really requires me to, to be able to lean on my partner. And in, in order to do that, we have to use things like pacifiers and sometimes we bottle feed and you know what? That's okay. That is perfectly okay. Because if he can help support me and I'm getting a chunk of, a chunk of sleep at night, then I'm not going to complain. Or if he's doing that and I'm able to get up in the morning and he stays with the kids if they wake up, then that's what we're going to do. There was somewhere else I wanted to go with that. Where did I want to go with that? I'm not sure. It got lost in the ethers and if it wants to return, I suppose it will. Okay, so... In order to prioritize myself, it requires me to fully lean in and allow my partner to take equal responsibility with the children. And um, we are going to record a podcast episode with us. And I feel like we need to do two, like one focus just on our marriage and like going to the depths of like our ride together and then the depths of our ride as parents together, because there's so much to share, honestly but it's allowing me to fully sink in and embrace that and, and allow him to, to take on just as much responsibility as I do. And that's always not going to be 50, 50 because I breastfeed and I acknowledge that. And then sometimes I need him to acknowledge that, like the freedoms that he just has not, not breastfeeding a baby is, is really great to compare to sometimes the freedom, the lack of freedoms that I have. And before I would see that as confinement, it's like, Oh, now I have to pump a bottle. And sometimes it's hard to like not be in the victim mindset rather than like, I get my body is so beautiful that it's producing this milk for my baby. And how do I balance it all? Sometimes I just survive. And I'm not balancing at all. (laughs) And that's okay. And sometimes it's like, I'm so on fire. I'm like, 
fuck yes, I got this. I'm thriving. I'm living life. And I think that's also, I think that's also tapping into my cycle, my monthly cycle and scheduling more outings or play dates when I'm feeling good and feeling in my ovulation and having this higher energy and using my bleed and my luteal phase to maybe plan more. I've actually been sitting down this past few days and, and writing out our rhythm for, for homeschooling because W is at an age where I think that there needs to be more components of just more than just free time. And I, I get it. Like it's hard to do. I have a little, but this is my job. This right now, my job is being a stay at home mom right now. My job is being his life teacher and life is learning and we intertwine so much. Like he's obsessed with learning about dinosaurs and has beautiful research questions about the evolution and the extinction and how if dinosaurs became extinct, how did like animals that evolved from the dinosaurs like live today? And then this weekend we went on a hike that has like real dinosaur prints. And so it's been able to like do life school like that. But I also recognize and kept hearing the message. Like I need to have more structure and um, more intentionality with our days and what we're doing with our days. And so that required me Saturday afternoon sitting down and in lesson planning and finding activities and rhythms and maybe, you know, being more intentional about that <clears throat> and allowing that divine masculine, the structure to come through. And it was, it, it was like, I was listening to a podcast about, about homeschooling and I had already been hearing those internal messages of like, you need to be intentional about your time and not really like taking it seriously. And then hearing that podcast episode was like the the wake-up call like that stern voice that I'm giving you was like the stern voice that I heard of like this is your this is your little like come to Jesus talk that you need to just do it you keep saying it and you're not doing it and then your days aren't thriving because you're not doing it so in turn I'm choosing my reality because I am not listening to the messages of providing structure more structure and intentionality so how do I also do all of this while also incorporating hobbies? Because it sounds like a lot. I love growing. I love working on myself. I love meditation. I love yoga. I love astrology. I love like sexuality healing. I love connecting to my womb. And so how do I like have my hobbies while also like doing this life of being home? And even if you are not home with your kids and you're working, or even if you're just a person who works daily, like how can you incorporate your hobbies within this? Because I feel like that's really important to be an individual person. If you are in partnership, like you have to have individuality that you bring in to have like the sacred union of, of one. And so I do that by incorporating podcasts. Like maybe the kids are playing great and I'm doing my chores. I have a podcast in or an audiobook in or um, like once a month, I set aside time to like go do something with a friend or honestly, I love hosting women's circles and that was something that's been called to me. So if you are in the San Antonio area, here's my little like excerpt. I'm hosting a women's circle on October 15th and I will link the details in the show notes. 
but it's it's prioritizing little things like that um obviously like my practice every day is is self-care and self-love I love to cook so I just have a little I guess advantage if you don't love to cook I'm sorry I don't I don't know how to help you there but I'm a Taurus and I love food and the into my intuition leads how I cook and it helps me get grounded into the into myself into connecting with earth but I love to listen to podcasts I love to Marco Polo if you have not been introduced to Marco Polo it is such a great app where it's you are like video chatting you record yourself but it's not like live it's it's different than snapchat because snapchat i'm i don't i'm not i don't connect with but marco polo i feel like i can deeply connect with friends and family um in a way that i don't always have time to like sit on the phone for like 30 minutes and like sometimes I have a really beautiful friend and we're both mothers and we're like in a very similar stage of we've recently both had children, like our second child. And so finding time to connect on the phone has been really hard. Like we had to schedule time in our schedules to be able to like have this phone date. And then even then it didn't work. And so we had to like spur the moment we found a time to talk. But Marco Polo for me is a way to like intimately share stuff. And connect with someone that's maybe not always live and on the moment. And so I love Marco Poloing. I love listening to podcasts. I love reading. And my love of reading comes in waves because, yeah, sometimes I don't always have time to prioritize that. But I also think it's great to model reading to our children. Like my way of relaxing is like sitting on the couch, cozying up with some pillows and a blanket and reading. And right now, WC is relaxing of just sitting on the couch and watching TV. And so how can I model something healthier for him? Like, yes, sometimes relaxing and watching TV has its time and its place, but not always as like a resort. And how can we minimize screen time really? And so like I find like pleasure in, in intertwining my hobbies throughout my day so that I didn't live my whole day and not do one thing for myself. If you are going your entire day and not doing one thing for yourself, I I think you really need to evaluate where changes need to be made because you life is not meant to be lived just for other people. Like yes, I chose to become a mother and I understand that my time is going to be spread thin of like, what is just my time? And that is why I'm so precious. Like it's so, my time by myself is so precious and sacred and, um, and needed. So it is your birthright, no matter what gender you identify with, or if you're a mother or a father or you're not, it is your birthright to feel pleasure. It is your birthright to like feel happiness in life. And if that isn't showing up for you, get curious about why and how can you make those subtle changes so that you are feeling pleasure in life. Can you sit down, take a few deep breaths before you like dive into your food and just notice this, the smell, the way it looks, taking one bite and how that feels in your body because that can be pleasurable or going on a walk and just embracing the sunshine on your body being alive and healthy and seeing the clouds in the sky like can you find pleasure in that 
Can you just slow down and soften to the pleasure that life is offering you? Because life is offering you pleasure and happiness. But we have to open our hearts and our beings to receive that. And it is our birthright to receive that. Life is meant to be pleasurable. Life is meant to be joyful. And yes, there is the waves. It's it's a pendulum. I, I know I've mentioned this many times in my podcast. It's a pendulum. But we are meant to have a life of pleasure and and sensuality and creativity and happiness and love. Like we're, it is our birthright for those things. And so it's just about sinking into those moments and not allowing whatever label comes after I am to define you. Yes, you can identify with those things, but they don't have to define you. I am a mother, but I'm also me. And sometimes even saying I am Jacqueline, I feel defines me because I am so much more than what a word, a word or a phrase can, can define because I am my soul. My being is so much more expansive than that. And as are you. So don't let these labels define you. Allow them to just be a part of you, but understand that you are infinite love. Your soul is infinite love and it's beautiful to be here alive in this consciousness. And as I'm recording this, it's 11, 11. So that is your confirmation that you were meant to hear this, this message of, of that you are love and that you are worthy of love and that you are worthy of pleasure and you're worthy of happiness and you're worthy of self-care and self-love and you're worthy of prioritizing yourself and you are worthy of these things. And stop telling yourself stories that you're not and stop making the excuses for you to show up for yourself because you are worthy. And I think that's where I'm going to leave this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for receiving it. Thank you for being here, for taking your time out of your day to, to connect with me, to, with, with this message, because I know that there's infinite resources out there that you could be choosing to listen to. And today you chose to listen to this. And so humbly, like so much gratitude for you showing up. And I, I so appreciate when you guys reach out and, and share with me how this podcast has touched you because I, sometimes I'm a human and getting that validation propels me to continue this, this work of this podcast because it is a lot of time and energy all apart from all the other things of homeschooling, of, you know, just living life. It's, it's an energy source that, you know, I don't make money from, but I continuously pour myself because I'm so passionate about it and this is... A beautiful space for me to continue to clear and heal my throat chakra of many years of this lifetime but centuries of women being repressed of being able to share their truth and so I show up radically here to do that for myself and for the women for you for the ancestors behind me that never that that gave and paved the way for me to show up in this life, in this moment to share my truth. So thank you, ancestors. Thank you, self, for showing up. And thank you for tuning in and listening. I send you with many, many, many blessings of love, abundance of pleasure, of joy, of freedom 
to be who you are. I love you deeply.